Good morning, good morning, and welcome Lock to House D. Radio. House D, Internet Radio. Good morning, um... Oh, where it 
Howard here at uh, Housey Internet Radio. Thank you for listening and welcome to Housey Broken Gospel Blonde Talk Radio. Enjoy the broadcast. All right. Uh, good morning and welcome to the broadcast. Um, we hope you had a good year, 2021. This is the January 3rd of a new year, 2022. We hope you have um, take stock of your life and what's going on with it and what you need to change. Me, I'm a diabetic. Um, also have prostate problems uh, and other things. I am 75 years old and I love gospel music and radio. Today, uh, how sweet production gospel. Uh, we're going to be talking about a special tribute to Thomas C. Jackson. How Superduction Gospel is Sunday night special that we did last night, about four hours and a half. Uh, the sermon message was Serving God Will Pay Off After a While, the night service of sound, the old ship of Zion, which Thomas E. Jackson has been hosting for a number of years, over 20, 30 years at WJDB 95.5 in Thomasville, Alabama. Uh, works at Alabama House of Representatives, District Number 68. Studied psychology at Knoxville College, studied at Alabama State University, went to A.L. Martin High School, lives in Thomasville, Alabama. He's from Thomasville, Alabama, and he's a married man, and uh, he is a radio jock. We say good morning, old friend. Uh, recorded a special broadcast for you last night. Mary and I enjoyed it. Hope it will be a blessing for you this week. Um, Happy New Year. Oh, friend, God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit will keep you. Keep the place. Keep the faith. The praise for God's protection. Psalms 31, verses 1 through 24. God bless you, Brother Jackson. Thank you, son. Thank you. I want to open up with, um, we are hoping that uh, Dr. Michael McCorvey will give us a call here at the radio station. You can call in as well at 563-999-3554. Uh, Ms. Denise King, can, uh, she is our assistant, and we are in the process of doing some training to learn how to operate the radio station here. I'm going to open up with a story about um, Reverend Thomas E. Jackson, the Thomasville Four. Um, the Thomasville Four. This is a very powerful story. Um, I'm going to, um, go ahead and, um, open up with a, a, um, a, a, another song, uh, uh, while we are getting ready here to, I need to get my other glasses, uh, so that I can be able to read a whole lot better. But anyway, um, um, we're going to open up with uh, 
Bishop uh, Carlton Pearson, yet holding on. We'll be back here briefly on Housey Internet Radio. We'll be back a couple of minutes. More coming your way here on Housey Internet Radio. Come on, let's sing it. Mother Reese, you know that song. Sing it, everybody. 
gospel music, but I come to find out the things that we're singing really nowadays aren't really gospel. They're inspirational, but they're not really gospel music. Because the gospel is the birth of Uh, we are back here in the studios. We thank Bishop Carson Pearson from the Yet Holding On CD from some years back and opening up. It's just another day that the God has made us for us, and we are happy and glad in it. Um, we are going to be talking about um, the Thomasville Four by Reverend Thomas Edison Jackson. Uh, this is a story of... Um, uh, four young men, some men in their younger days in their effort to change the situation with black folks in the old South. The year is uh, 1966, and it begins, The Thomasville Four by Reverend Thomas E. Jackson. On a spring-like night, March the 22nd, 1962, Four of the five starting players on the A.L. Martin High School basketball team, H.K. Foreman Jr., lived too far out of the neighborhood, is the reason he wasn't with us, were arrested for what was dubbed as disturbing the peace. The question is, what peace? This is in March the 27th of 1966. This is the year in which I graduated from high school. Clarence Allen, Claude Dickinson, Ozzie Pritchett, and I, Thomas E. Jackson, were walking across town to see Clarence's girlfriend. As we were crossing Highway 41, we noticed that no one was in the dairy bar, so we decided to go inside and order ice cream. After entering the establishment, we placed our order. The waitress stated, we don't serve niggers in here. You need to go around the back. I replied, we didn't order niggers. You ordered ice cream cone. About that time, two guys drove up and entered the building. Both of them stated, you niggers get out of here. Then one of the guys pulled out a handgun. Ozzie Pritchett, Pritchett, a fearless big guy, being a football and basketball player, told us to run and to get out of there. Ozzie grabs the guy's hand with the gun, and as Ozzie squeezed the man's hand with the gun, the man's gun hand and his body slowly lowered to the floor by Ozzie's grip. That's when we turned and ran out of the building. We ran eastward down Nicole Avenue. As we ran, shotgun blast went off. We could hear the buckshots zinging past our head. We ran past the Collins house, and about this time, another shotgun blast went off. Ozzie Pritchett had caught us with us by that time. The shotgun blast came from the, the baggage yard, a white family, so we ran for another minute or two. No one was following us. We began to walk, scared, but continuing our journey toward Clarence's girlfriend's house. As we approached the railroad track, a police car with two policemen in it stopped us. They asked us 
where were you going and where were you coming from? We stated we were coming from home and were going over to Miss Maddie Williamson's house. Miss Maddie Williams was a school teacher. After visiting at Miss Williams' house for 15 or 20 minutes, we started back home. After crossing all the railroad tracks on our way back home, we were stopped again by the police right at Linda's Spikes Bice house. The present owner, the police shined a spotlight in our face. The dispatch on the radio said for the police to bring them niggas boys back to the Dairy Queen so they can be identify us. All of this took place in about an hour and a half. Entering the Dairy Queen, running for our lives, visiting Miss William and walking back home after returning to the Dairy Bar, Mr. Bagley, white man who shot at us, stated we were the four niggers who entered the Dairy Bar and cursed out a white woman. First accusation, they didn't curse out a white woman. It was an accusation by the white man, Mr. Bagley. We were arrested on the spot and taken down to the Thomasville jail. Miranda rights were not read. We tried to tell the police what happened to us that we were shot at. They didn't believe us, care about what we were saying. They refused to grant us a phone call to let our parents know what had happened. The policeman said some ugly, derogatory things to us calling us all kinds of names and said we would be on the streets picking up paper for six months. I replied, for what? We didn't do anything, but got shot at for ordering four ice cream cones at the dairy bar. The time was 9 p.m., about 10 minutes past 9 p.m., the police granted one phone call. Claude Dickinson called his mother. She got the word out to the community, and our parents got the news. Our parents came to the jail but were not allowed to see us inside. They had to talk to us from the outside through the jail window. We spent the night in jail, four people in a cell with four banks and a toilet. Our parents were not permitted to come inside the jail to see us, but the police let some of the white male citizens in the jail to view us, scrutinizing us. One white man said to us, boys ain't nothing but mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. The morning around 4 a.m., that morning around 4 a.m., while on his way to Selma from Jackson, Reverend Frank Dean on instructor at Selma University in Selma, Alabama, stopped by the jail window and gave us valuable information. He told us to plead not guilty and not to say anything unless until we had spoken to a lawyer. We were in jail all that day. Several A.L. Martin High School students led by Theodore Davis, Lindsey Key, and Eddie Gray Lewis walked out of the school and demanded to see all four of us. The police saw the crowd of students and opened the cell door, allowing students to rotate in so they could see that we had not been beaten or physically abused. That night around 6 p.m., the city officials held municipal court. Really a joke. 
their intentions were to call each one of us one by one in the court. We said that Reverend Dean told us not to say not guilty, told us to say not guilty. I have nothing else to say until I see my lawyer. The first two guys, I don't know which one, went in and what Reverend Dean told them to say, I didn't get a chance to get into court. The officials started talking among themselves, saying things like, these niggas had a lawyer. As a result, they decided to let us go free because they didn't want any trouble in Thomasville, like what was happening in other parts of the country. The courtroom was crowded with family members, friends, and supporters from Thomasville and surrounding cities. The white man, Mr. Bagley, who identified us before at the dairy bar, could not identify us as it, at the trial as being the same four niggers. Charges were dropped, and around 8 p.m., we were freed. The incident started the civil rights movement in Thomasville, Alabama. Young people led by Reverend A. J. Leslie and other and other integrated eating places, continued court counter stores and the theater in Thomasville, surrounding towns and Clark County. A lot of our ducks said we didn't know what we were doing back then. We did know, and we got things done. A happy ending. We are all alive to tell about it. A lot of adults said we didn't know what we were doing back then. We didn't know, and we got things done. Thomas Edison Jackson. We want to thank you for being here with us this morning in our opening story uh, from uh, about Thomas E. Jackson and the Thomas Bill Four. Let's go back to our studio. We are going to continue with uh, some music for you here. Uh, this is the Chosen Brothers, living for the Lord, living for the Lord. Yeah. 
anybody here can feel the Lord moving way down on the inside of you. You're to be a witness. Listen, I can feel the Lord moving inside of me.
Hamilton and Chariot here on Housey Production Gospel Blog Talk Radio. Enjoy. Swing down Chariot and let me ride.
ever going through. I want you to know tonight. Yeah. Let me see it. 
now. There's somebody here. You think it was your alarm clock that woke you. But here's what I want you to do. Get your alarm clock. Go to the nearest cemetery. Set your alarm clock. Let the alarm clock go off. And tell me who wake up. It wasn't your alarm clock. It wasn't your family member that shook your body. But look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, tell him he woke me up. Tell him, not a minute too soon. Not a second too late. But he woke me up early. Somebody here. You think it was your alarm clock that woke you. 
But here's what I want you to do. Get your alarm clock. Go to the nearest cemetery. Set your alarm clock. Let the alarm clock go off. And tell me who wake up. It wasn't your alarm clock. It wasn't your family member that shook your body. But look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, tell him he woke me up. Tell him, not a minute too soon. Not a second too late. But he woke me up early.
God is such a good God, and I thank Him for it right now. As I sit there, I said, Lord, you know, and I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me right now. So they took me out of the car and got me out to safety. And when they got me out, I said, Lord, I want to thank you, because things could have been worse than what they were. And I want to tell all of you who are out there right now, if you've got your hand in God's hand, God will take care of you. Sometimes it may not seem like it, seem like the road is rough, the going gets tough, but he will take care of you. And I don't know about you right now, I thought I'm going to lose my feet and legs, but if you could see me right now. I'm walking on my feet, I'm walking on my legs, and I I just give God the praise right now because he didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway, and I want to let y'all know that he will.
wish I could get a witness to get up on your feet. And as to get up on your feet, I want the choir to help me sing this. I'm going to sing two wings. I can't sing it all.
Just to say, just to say, baby. 
thank the Lord for being alive today. Listen.
up, man? What up, man? What's up, Marie? Hey, man. Everything is good. All is well. Yes. I tell you, we've been together a long, long time. Melvin, you know what? I was a young man when we got together. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> long time, and God has really blessed us over the years, man. And we've been through a lot, and God has just kept his arms around us. We've been, uh, like the old folks say, we've been through the stone grave. <laughs> and the rain. You know, God has been good to us, man. He's brought us from a mighty, mighty long way. Yeah. As we look back at this journey that we've taken since we were children, really. I was five years old. Man, but how old were you? Oh, man, like six or something. Green, you, how old were you got with the Williams brother? When I got with the Williams brother? Eighteen years old. You were Eighteen years old. And man, here we are almost, almost 50 years later. We're still doing this. Still strong, man. Still here, still standing, and still yeah, strong. <laughs> I like that. Still here, still standing, still strong. That's right. Going through and staying together and been together this many years uh, had a lot to do with our upbringing. You know, our parents, uh, mothers and fathers that brought us up in the church. Pop Williams, Mom Williams, Pop Green, and Mom Green. Oh, yeah. You call her Ruth Green. Miss Ruth Green. Miss Ruth Green. Let me tell you. 